Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. So let's bring around the star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Miss Judy Gold. Good afternoon. Hey. Hi. Hey, who? Uh, you're asking me to introduce myself? Is no. that what you're saying? Because you, you no. said, hey, who? I know. I don't know why I said it that. It implied who, either who are you or do my job for me and tell me, That's tell the I, audience who you are. Do you feel like that whatever you think my intent is, is the truth? I think people's intents are usually very good. Really? I do. I think most people are not ill-intended. Uh, they just do dumb things. Right. Oh, that's a good way to look at life. It makes it better. Yeah, because it couldn't get any worse. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Kill Me Now. This is a very special episode of Kill Me Now. What, Patrick? Ring the bell. You, oh, right. You have to get the bell. Patrick has to get the bell. Patrick's here. Hennessy's not here. Uh, he's in his disappearing mode. Listen, um, the bell comes. I don't. Uh, I have a bell mm-hmm. that I hit ring anytime anything remotely Jewish is mentioned. 
So, um, was, is the bell comes? Was that the sequel to the bell jar? Yes, um, the bell jar. I took the bell out of the jar right after I committed suicide. <laughs> that is the most depressing book, is it not? Oh, I never read it. I just know it exists. I've never read. You've it. never read the bell I, jar. Well, you're not, I'm not a, a fourteen-year-old girl. Yeah. Anyway, if you recognize that voice, then you are pretty special because today's. All right, he's an actor, screenwriter. That's another way of saying he's obscure. He is so not obscure. He's obscure. If See, you recognize again, the voice. Attempt. You're right. How's that? <laughs> yeah, fucks. He's an actor, screenwriter, author, host, comedian, poet, and podcaster. Ladies and gentlemen, the unbelievably talented. You, you're like, you are so fucking talented. I really am. And has no ego. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Ian Black! Yay! Woo! Wait. So it was it was explained to me yeah. very recently yeah. that the bell yeah. is when something very Jewish happens. Right. I know, you but you rang have... the bell multiple times. Now I am Jewish. Right. I just did it for all your, you know, your ancestors. Well, I need to get the rules straight here. Okay. Is the bell. I felt like the bell was really introductory and celebratory in right. that moment. And it really had nothing to do with my Judaism. I'm going to say that it, 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 you're right on that. But then I thought, oh, I'll kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> but he's a Jew and an atheist, a Jew, Jew, Jew. Anyway, okay, I, first of all, I want to begin with my kill me now moment of today. This has probably never happened to you, but I got, you know how you have to check in here at cbs.shit? Yeah. Play.shit. Um, and the two women behind the desk, I love them. They're like, I, and they're always like, Judy, what's up? Right. So I walk in, they're like, Judy, oh my God, I love you. And then there were like people online. And then she's printing out my pass and she says to one of the people online, Oh my God, she's the best comedian ever. <laughs> oh my God, she's so funny. She's the best comedian. And these two women online say, really, what's your name? And I wanted to kill myself. So what you're saying, when introducing the story, what you said was, this probably never happens to you. Right. People say, people never say to you, Michael, no, you're no, the best comedian the in that's the world. That's not the part. You, we love you, No, but have Michael. you ever it had was... people, like, say, Constantly. wait, do you have people come up to you and go, well, like, I've had, I had, was at, I was in Provincetown. I, I have a house in Provincetown. We get it. You're gay. What? We I get it. I You're gay. <laughs> so, um, and the, these young kids, uh, so my friend's like, oh, you know, she's whatever. Um, oh my God. So, like, where do you work? Like, do you work in New York? Where do you work? <laughs> and I just want, I'm just like, well, the idea of having to list your resume mm -hmm. or justify or defend yourself right. in any way, shape, or form right. is maybe my biggest pet peeve right. in the world. That and is I don't, a kill me I now. don't play that game. I do not play that game at all. Uh, so, uh, so what do you say when people say, which is probably very rare. It's often. Are you kidding? No. Look at you. You're in everything. Dude. Jude. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think anybody 
first of all, you are as well known or better known than I am. Not. Second of all, I don't think, I, I think unless you're just at the at, at, at Tom Cruise levels, right? I don't think anybody escapes that. But it, was, it was at all in the public eye. It's also there, this no boundary situation where people think if you're a performer or a writer or what. They can say whatever the fuck they want. Yes. To you. Yes. Um, especially if I mean, and that happens even when you they know who you are. But they don't think they're being rude when they're saying, "What What's have you your, done?" Right. Right. Who are you? Right. They don't think they're being rude. Right. And it's the rudest. Do you tell like every your doctor like what I've started doing? Yes. Is just uh, I have a T-shirt. In the front of my T-shirt is my headshot, and the back of my T-shirt is my credits. <laughs> Can you fit all your credits on the back of the T-shirt, Michael? It's I'm an so extra proud large. of you. I'm so proud of Michael Ian Black Schwartz. It's the worst. I hate it. I hate it, and I don't. I don't. Homie, don't play that. All right. Well, you're lucky. Um, if you say to me, for example, "What have I seen you on?" I say, "I don't know." Uh, and then I end the conversation. Right. Or, That's a good one. That's a good one. Or if you say, uh, were you on, and then just name anything, right, right. I say yes. That's a good one. Because I get, you were so good on uh, Curb. I'm like, I've never no, been on Curb. No, no, the correct response to that is, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, I'm doing that from now on. Yeah. Because okay. it because it ends the conversation right. in the quickest way possible, and it leaves them feeling good. You don't want to God, leave. God, you're such a good soul. I've thought about how, I mean, I've thought about how to deal with this. Right. Because I used to get, and still get sometimes, I loved you in Kids in the Hall, a show right. I was never on. Right. In fact, I would get it far more than anything right. I've actually been on. But who do they think you are? I don't know. Okay. I think I look like an amalgam of effeminate right. Canadians. Right. And so they just go, Kids in the Hall. So when that happens, I just say, thank you. Right. Or I loved you on Mad TV. Right. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, and that that ends the conversation. But when you're, you know, when you're mistaken for Lisa Lampanelli, uh -huh. would you take a fucking ice pick and shove it up your ass? I'm going to ask something, and this might be rude. Right. Okay, go. Are you not Lisa Lampanelli? <laughs> <laughs> do you have a do? You, do you and Lisa have a thing? No, it's just that it's, it's just like, that you get you get mixed for no, each other for whatever even, reason. It's Lisa, it's Susie. I mean, uh -huh. it's any loud or <laughs> ethnic, <laughs> Jewy, non-Italian. You know, anything. It's like we're all right. the same. Right. You know what I mean? Right. All right. Uh, well. Yeah. All right, Michael, I've read extensively about you. Uh -huh. and When you say extensively, 10 minutes of research? No, not at all. Ask Patrick. Do I do a lot yeah. of research? She, she does do a lot of research. <laughs> I'm going I'm to believe knows Patrick. Everything. All right. All right well, let's see. We have a lot in common. All right. Um, I'm from New Jersey. I'm from New Jersey. You grew up, in, well, you were born in Chicago. Right. And then you went to Hillsboro, yeah. which I know because uh, uh, I know. Yeah. I grew up in Clark. Okay. New Jersey. Do you know where that is? Yeah, vaguely. Ugh. Yeah, the same. Horrible. Everything's terrible. But right. I went to Rutgers. You went to Tisch. Right. So um, you have such an interesting... I mean, like, you... I feel like you are probably a, so emotionally... Dead? <laughs> Correct. To, yes, dead. And that's why I want you... No. I feel like you have been through so many interesting hurdles and struggles. Uh. Oh, what are you the fuck?
shut the fuck up. Does it, I mean, who, no more than anybody. No, but they're... I mean, I'm 45 years old. I've lived uh, the life of a, of a person who's 45 no, years old. No, you don't. I mean, no, you. your father died when you were 12. Yeah. Uh, your parents divorced when you were, what, four or five? Yeah. You have a Down syndrome sister. Yeah. Your mother's a lesbian. Yeah, she which, died two months ago. Oh, and you're I'm not, so and sorry. You're not even, you, 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 the research you did, none, apparently. I looked up none. everywhere to see if she had been still been alive. I swear to God, there is nothing, because she, she has cancer. Died. I'm so sorry. Thank you. My mother just passed away. I'm too. sorry. Sad, um, sad it's, it's a uh, It's a big thing when you're, when you're an orphan. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really, I don't, it's hard for me to think of it in those terms exactly, right. maybe because my dad died when I was so young. So young. Yeah. But it, 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 it definitely, uh, it's, it, it definitely, uh, uncorked a lot of things right. for me. And I thank God every day I have children mm. because people lose their parents and have no children. I think it's harder for them. Might be. All right. Anyway, back to uh, Hillsboro, New Jersey. Yeah. Fun stuff. No, fun yeah. stuff. Yeah. This is all great. <laughs> it's a comedy podcast. Hey, guys. Dead parents. Um, so you shared a room with your sister. No. Th- I swear to God. What What do you mean, no? No. Never. No. Oh, 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 oh. I take that back. Yes. When I was very young, right after right. my parents... Uh, split up and we were living with my mom's lover they, Elaine uh, well that's not a real name right uh, 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 the, uh, the, uh, the fictional name Elaine right uh, yes I did sh- I did briefly share a room with my sister yes that is correct but okay. I grew I grew up uh, mostly sharing a room with my brother, brother. and her son so oh, there were three so boys she had so she wow. Had, so yeah. it was like the Leslie Brady Bunch yeah did you kinda. like her son or do you like her son Judy, don't ask me about that. No, it, uh, it was a difficult familial right, situation, situation, and uh, that uh, it, it was a complicated relationship. Not right. so much because of him, but because of her. Right. And the the barriers that were created between uh, her and us, and then her relationship with her son was complicated. Like right. it was all just a disaster. Right. Um, did you go, ever go to family therapy? No. Really? Family I figure therapy. a lazy mom would want to go to family therapy. Oh, no. We went to family therapy. Oh God, I I wouldn't have gone. Really? Oh no, no chance. I wouldn't. I mean, I I would have sat there, uh, stone faced and sullen. There's not a chance I would have said anything to a therapist. I've since gone to therapy right. with my wife. Right. Uh, and she's hot, by the way. Yeah. She's really hot. Yeah. And tall and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I take no credit for it. All right, yeah. good. I'm not going to say thank you. I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> what have I seen you on? I've seen you on... Kids in the Hall. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, you have this Down syndrome sister, and they are the most lo- angel-loving people. I mean, they are... They have no evil, no. the Down syndrome. No. Like, the president could learn a little bit well, from are, the... are we sure the president doesn't have a touch of Down syndrome? Oh, yeah, that's true. He... <laughs> <laughs> I, I can make him. the jokes. I hate him. I hate him so much. Um, so was, were you, were, was your mother out? In, you know, cause when I was reading about your, your growing up in Hillsboro, and you, you describe, um, <clears throat> especially like in your, the naval book, 
The yeah. navel. Navel gazing. Yeah, navel gazing. Called. The navel. I'm being Jewish. The navel book. You know the book you wrote about your navel <laughs> and your body? That one, yeah. yeah. the one about getting older and you don't like your body. Anyway, so the, the, the way you describe these sports-obsessed... Meatheads? Yeah. That I mean, that is exactly how I grew up. Like, uh-huh. Chris Christie right. is the epitome right. of what gets glorified in New Jersey, in well, suburban New Jersey. Like, welcome to the dollhouse. People are like, what was your childhood like? I'm like, welcome to the dollhouse. Well, what's interesting uh, to me is how this idea uh, nationally now Right. That Donald Trump is a New Yorker. Right. Or that like Scaramucci is a New Yorker. Right, 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 right. Is so repellent to me. Right. Because they're not New Yorkers. No. What they are is bridge and tunnels. Right. So they're specifically people from New Jersey or right. Long, Long Island. Island. Yes. Or just these outer borough creeps. Staten Island. Staten Island. Right. These creeps who have this idea of what it means to be cosmopolitan or ma- or a man right well that's that's, that's the, the deeper big, yeah, thing yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and and to them it involves uh, bullying and, and hair gel and right. not much else right and that, that that's what i feel like i grew up with or it wasn't, hairspray. it wasn't quite as cartoonish yeah. as these guys right. as these lunkheads but wasn't that far from it and right. chris christie's kind of this the 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 soft pour version right. of, of Scaramucci, for example. It's just so funny because they're so unattractive. They're so rude. There's there's nothing classy about them. <laughs> Not one. Fi- there's like, you look at the Obamas. They the cla- two of the classiest people ever to yeah. inhabit the White House. Yeah. The dump we know as the White House. The dump, yeah. The dump. So, you know, it's. It's these guys, like, I think that's why I get so fucking pissed off. Like, that Chris Christie sitting on the beach, that fat fuck sitting there with his family. Like, that's so some asshole football player. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that's 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 a quote. That's a quote. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) But you had a lot of female friends. Yeah, because. because Who are you going to fucking talk to? Exactly. Um, And then also. Was, were your parent, was your mother out to, you know, was it, because they weren't out exactly. Right. They had, they, 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 they lived this absurd masquerade. Right. That they were sisters. No fucking way. Uh, but they didn't like. Did they sell look it. alike? Oh my god, no! They didn't look anything alike. Oh, because you know the lesbians are, you know, no, 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 looking no. like each other. No, yeah. she, they did not look yeah. alike. Uh, they didn't. They were. They weren't like selling it hard that they were right. sisters. And right. I think they would have preferred to be out. But this was the early to mid to late 1980s, 80s, yeah. and and they, they just weren't. They just. I don't think they felt comfortable or confident enough to do that. Uh, perhaps if you were living in a cosmopolitan area. Perhaps. I, I mean, I would say probably. Right. Because, um, you know, the uh, the other thing about... Did I cut you off? About, no. All right. The other thing I about... Mean, yeah, but whatever. Good night, folks. <laughs> <laughs> the, was, the, the, was this notion of these people in suburban New Jersey who live a half-hour train ride, 45-minute train ride from New York. I'm not going to this. I don't go to the city. Right. Nobody goes. Yeah. 
Nobody goes. It, it, you would go. You would go once a year in school to go see a chorus line. Right. Maybe the Museum of Natural History. But right. for the most part, people didn't go. I used to go in every weekend. Yes. Every weekend, I would take the train in and wander around the city by myself, uh, which amazes me that my mother let me do that because she was fairly protective. But I right. was. I started going in when I was fifteen and pretty right. much went in every weekend. Right. And knew that I was going to end up here. Right. There was no question in my mind. That's why I went to NYU. Right. Uh, I knew I was going to NYU. I knew I was going to. Live in that New you York. were out and out of, I mean, no, out. Come on, I mean, out of New Jersey. Don't do that, Judy. I'm sorry, don't make every, I'm sorry. Don't make everyone a homo. Once. Don't make everyone a homo. I my mother grew up in Manhattan, so mm. I was lucky, and I had yeah. relatives here, so we used to come in a lot. But it is this: you live so close to the greatest city in the entire world, and yet. I don't, it's dirty. <laughs> it's so goddamn dirty. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Um, so I, I'm just so fascinated by this. I mean, because I'm a lesbian with children with two sons who are so straight, mm. uh, who I've never said, can you... If you're gay, can you please. suck a little yes. dick? Yeah. Can you suck a little dick? I mean, dick I've for said mom? to them, could you just try to like act like you're interested in, you know, when I ask you a question about what I'm wearing or something, you know? But they're just like how a, a lesbian, a gay parent could sort of not force this sexuality or, you know, I just want my kids to be happy. Like, I don't care right. what they are. Right. But it seemed like they were like, Michael. I know you have a lot of girlfriends. Yeah, yes. And- My mom and Elaine uh, sat me down when I was 13, 14, whatever right. it is. And, and And basically outed me. Right. Basically said, we know you're gay and it's fine. And I was and- like, what the fuck are you talking about? And, but the interesting thing about it, which I realized later, having spoken to my mother about it, right. was that she was doing it almost out of a place of homophobia. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. Because they're not even out. And they're saying, (laughs) they're saying, just want you to know, it's really, it's okay if you're gay. I I mean, I would have said, well, why aren't you fucking out of the closet, sister, mom, sister? She didn't want, she, her thing was, again, I subsequently talked about this with her. She said, first of all, we thought you were gay. And compared to the other kids... Who were you know running around <laughs> those guys? It didn't surprise me right. that they thought that, right? In of a course. way, um, but she was coming at it from a point of view of I hope you're not gay because I don't want your life to be any harder than it's already going right. to be, and because the AIDS crisis was oh, in it full was so bloom. awful. It was so awful, and so yeah, she was coming at it from a place of I'm sorry you're gay. But I'm gonna love you anyway, right. even though I'm gay. I'm gay. This is my sister <laughs> of Sappho. My sister my, from, of Sappho. My sister and I just my want you to know. My sister and I. Can you come down, Michael? <laughs> my sister and I need to speak to you about something. Can you come downstairs? Oh, uh, it was so infuriating to me because if there was the only thing I knew about myself was right. that I was straight. Right. That's pretty much all I knew right. about myself. Right. Was that I liked boobs and girls. Right. And. and wanted to touch them as soon as possible. Was your father, um, my father was 
sort of a renaissance kind of guy. Like he loved opera and he gardened. Yeah, he was, and he was he had, gay. Right. So my father was gay. <laughs> my girlfriend says that all the time. Do you think your father was gay? I'm like, no, he wasn't gay. But he was one of those gentlemen, yeah. you know, that we don't see anymore. Uh, except if you're Michael Hayden. Oh, yeah. Um, Clearly. Was your father, I mean, you had him for 12 years, but you weren't that, you know, you didn't see him that often. But what, as a male role model, was he a masculine kind of guy? No. Or? No. He, he, he was... Uh, very shy, mm-hmm. uh, uh, kept to himself. Right, was interested in nerdy stuff mm-hmm. like computers. Like right. he, he bought the first. It was called the TRS eighty, which was the first like commercially available computer that you could buy at Radio Shack. Right. He was into like ham radio. Wow. Uh, oh yeah, he was a full on like nerdy Nerd, guy. Yeah. Uh, and he didn't know how to deal. Ham with Ham radio's not kosher. Good night, folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What well, my father loved brisket radio. Good night, folks. Take oh, care. I know it's so bad. I'm gonna Go. walk out. All right, sorry. Uh, I'm gonna schlep out. I'm gonna. He <laughs> did not know how to deal with children very well. Right. He was uh, not cold, not uh, mean, not aloof exactly. Just didn't really know how to communicate. Distant. A little bit. Just didn't really know how to communicate with kids. Right. And so when I. When he died, I was just getting to the age where we could kind of right. hang out and talk right. a little bit. Uh, but but was he a, a, a good male role model? It depends what you mean. Right. Um, I. It's only in later years that I really started grappling with the question of what does it mean to be a man? Right. And it's a question that I feel like the culture in general is grappling with, um, but hasn't learned how to have that conversation yet. Right. There's no there's no dialogue that that exists in a healthy way around that question. Right. And there needs to be desperately. I totally agree. And I think on both ends of the spectrum, on the on the, you know, gay male end of the spectrum mm. as well as the the, you know, the Kinsey scale. Right. I think on both ends of the Kinsey scale we're at a loss here. Yeah, I'm not even talking about sexuality. sexuality. No, I know. I'm like literally gender. And 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 because my mom and Elaine were so kind of uh were they they were wrapped up in 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 the feminist movement right. uh pretty strongly from from my earliest did memories. Did they shave their armpits? They did. Okay. Uh they shaved each other's armpits which Ew, I thought was weird. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um Michael <laughs> my sister and I need you to help with the uh oh, razor. God, stop, Go ahead. Sorry. I grossed myself out and then you right. took it a step sorry. further I'm sorry. I'm sorry. which I applaud. Yeah, thank you. Which I applaud. Thank you. Um they were so wrapped up in that that they didn't realize and I feel like culturally we didn't realize that that movement the women's movement as needed as it was and the idea of women's liberation the idea of women being able to do anything right did not extend to men 
maybe it couldn't because it had to define itself by right. what it was. Right. But the implication, the next step in that journey is men also can, can be do, anything right. they want. Right. And that doesn't, and obviously that doesn't mean in terms of career necessarily. No. But it does mean in terms of self-expression and how you behave and move through the world. Right. It's a conversation that never happened. Right. And it's the necessary next conversation. I think it's going to start. It's already starting to happen. Do you think that's the reason that we that have I'm sitting s- like this? <laughs> like a little foal that's just been born. I love born. it. I love it. Um, that do you think that's why there's so much misogyny? Is because yeah. men are so unaware of you know how to be real men yeah. that they're so threrentened but by even the women idea wanting, of real yeah. man right. i think is a very loaded term right of because course. it implies the same it's, it's like saying real american right, well, what right, does right. that mean right you know by definition i think you know what that means michael <laughs> born here white fucking kid animals. rock oh my god i can't don't even he's gonna win too you know he's gonna he, win like jesse ventura of course yeah of course he's gonna win I'm gonna kill myself um, right now. The idea of being a real man. Right. Uh, you know, if you got a dick and some balls. Right. You know, you were born with those things. Right. You're a real man. Uh, and then if you want to transition, right. you can be a real man that way too. Right. But the idea of just knowing, j- 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 I do think that's why there's so much misogyny not that there wasn't before the women's movement but the awareness of it and the 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 consequences of it and part of it i think has to do with men's frustration about literally not understanding how to interact with the other gender i agree just literally not understanding the rules of the road not understanding what is uh just how to have a normal conversation with a person who who has nipples that get erect. Right. Now, um, speaking of which, could you have a sweater? <laughs> so, uh, you know... I'll also need a sweater for my lap. It's... <laughs> <laughs> and you looked. You looked to see. I did not. Your eyes went right to Shut my dick. it did not. <laughs> and they just went there again. I don't again. even know what a dick looks like. <laughs> you know what's so interesting that you're talking... Because you're so evolved. And I said to... Because my kids are like... You know, they're boys. How old are they? One's going to be 21. One's going to be 16. Okay. And I said, and the 21-year-old is just girl crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's always got a girlfriend. He's like, but I said, and he has girl friends. Like, he's a straight guy with friends who are are like, you know, she's like my best friend. You know, like he, so I said to one of the girlfriends, I said, is he different then all because he's in a frat, you know, and it's all like hot chicks and this and that. And she's hot, you know. He's always saying, "Oh, she's hot." Um, she probably is hot, right? No, but it's like I'm like, why don't you date so and so? She's not hot. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? So, you know, I, I said to her, is but "Wait, there- wait, 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 wait." Now I have to know what is he like? Like, what's his type? Okay, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, you see me, okay? Right? He likes blonde hair. Big tits and Jewish. Oh, interesting. Yes. That's a very small pool yes. that he's it's swimming in. It's a small in. pool. Um, thank God for uh, L'Oreal number two. <laughs> so so he. I said to her, you know, is he different? Because he's so, like, some of the things that come out of his mouth, like, where the fuck did you learn that? In a you good know? way or a bad way? In the guy kind of way. Right. But I could call him on it, uh-huh. you know? Um, and so... I said, is he, you know, and she said, 
the only difference is he knows how to talk to girls. Like he knows how to have a conversation. Right. I also really think that he never thinks a woman can't do this or a woman can't right. be his boss or you know what I mean? Right. And, but it's like people like you that are going to change the world. But we have this fucking piece of shit. Right. In office. Yeah. Uh, and and it would be interesting to know. Yeah, I said piece of shit. To what degree is that? Like, take Hillary out of the equation for right, a second. Right. Like, let's say he was just running against a dude. Right. A, 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 some. Not even Hillary as a dude. Right. Just some, Hillary as a dude would that would have been it. But go ahead. But to what degree does misogyny in sort of inbred misogyny and the kind of reactionary culture that he represents right. to what degree did that inform his win? Taking Hillary entirely right, out of right. the conversation. I'd right. be curious to know. And what's also interesting is the amount of white women who supported him. Oh my God. It's mind boggling. I don't find it mind boggling. I don't find it mind-boggling at all. I find it um, in, in the Troubling. same in the same way that 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 he reinforces these male stereotypes. Right. He's reinforcing saying, female stereotypes. Right. It's easy in a way. It's easy for women to be like, "I get that." Right, and, and this and is my place. Yeah, there's some comfort in that. There's some right. comfort food in that. Even though you know the, the the guys slapping the shit out of you, right? You go back to him because right. it's comfortable. You right. know that familiar. Yeah, it's familiar. It's like what I always say about like people who are like really religious. You know who. They don't want to think. They want to. They want some book or some guy to tell them what they're supposed to say, how they're supposed to behave, what their what their opinions are. That's that. That's also these. I'm a woman, you know, uh, because and yet you can't wear a fucking sleeveless dress. I mean, like, what the fuck? Uh, Sorry, I, I got really, I got off. No, I liked, I liked the, uh, I liked the spittle flying out yeah, of your mouth. I get, I liked so the mad. consternation. Mm-hmm. I liked all of it. It was, a, was it a little broad shirt? It was yeah. a little broad I for just, my. I I'd like you to tone it down right, just sorry, a little I'm bit. Sorry. I'm just sorry. no, wait, look, we're gonna keep rolling. Okay, so you, um, as a prof- in my mind, there, I, I don't know if you understand this. I was a director on the set of our TV show, right. and I was giving you a note. It wasn't so much that we were going to keep rolling in the pot in the podcast. In my mind, I was on the set of your Showtime right. show, right? And I was saying I loved all of it. Let's okay, just, just let's, let's do another let's take. Do it down. Let's just take bring it down take. like ten percent. Okay. Thank and, you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm ready. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. So you you dropped out of Tish. Uh-huh. Um, what'd your family say when you dropped? I'm like, I can't. Like, if I dropped out of college, I think my parents would Well, keep been. in mind, I was an acting major. Right. So, like, what was I giving up? Right. Uh, my mom How long me- were you there? Two, I had started my third year. Okay. My mom promised me that I would go back. I mean, made me promise that right. I would go back. And I said, absolutely. Right. Fully intending to go back. Right. No, I did not go back. Of course I didn't go back. Because I realized, why, why would I need an acting degree? Nobody's going to check. Right. When exactly. I'm going to audition... And I, and they say where'd you go to school and I go to NYU and then they'll say and, and nobody has ever said oh did you graduate exactly can you check if he graduated <laughs> we're gonna need yeah. to see the diploma yeah. before we give you the chewing gum commercial right, right no it doesn't work like that so what was your first out of school what was the first thing that happened where you said all right 
this was the right decision to drop out. It and happened immediately, and it was because uh, it wasn't perf- – it's not like I booked a job. But what I realized having left within like a week or two was I had been – miserably depressed in college and hadn't known it had been miserably sort of brought down by the acting program and hadn't known it why do you think that because there is and this is i i think this is a a much larger story that has yet to be told by anybody which is that acting school and acting teachers do an incredible amount of psychological work that they are utterly unqualified to do. I fucking agree 5,472%. So they set themselves up. And I don't don't think they're doing this maliciously, but they're setting themselves up as gurus. Right, exactly. They are incapable. They don't have the training to deal with what they're unleashing within their students, most of whom are young people who are incredibly impressionable and desperately want to do whatever they have to do to progress. Right, especially in the acting program. Especially in a program that is largely taught by people right. who cannot get work right. and so teach. Right. Uh, which isn't to say they're not talented, which right. isn't to say anything about their skills. Right. But these are people who haven't succeeded in, in their chosen profession and as a backup have uh, begun teaching. And of course, those people in particular are going to be the ones who need that kind of gratification right, that they like, can only get from these students. Right. It's right. a these very desperate. Yes, yes. It's a very combustible yes. uh, experience. And it would not surprise me at all. And I'm not saying this happened. I'm not alleging this. Right. But it would not surprise me at all to find out about sexual abuse in these programs. Oh, please. Or anything like that. Of it, course. Because you, you, the, there's no boundaries. There's no boundaries. And it's just, it's very, I think it's very dangerous. Now, what's in, what I would love to know is how, in particular, the British educate their actors. Because they seem mm. much more professional yes. and much more grounded in craft than American actors who are much more, or, uh, at least when I went to school, and I think That's it's still true. true. That's very true. And, and more confident and not a lot of bullshit. It doesn't seem like it. Right, right. Now, maybe it's just because we're seeing the best ones because they come over. Right. I don't know if there's just like a class of yeah, unemployed, you know shitty so British many, actors. Come on. How many actors do you know? Like, I studied with blah, blah, blah. Right, right, right. Uh, I mean, without blah. And even on their speeches, you know, I just want to thank uh, Yeah. You know, so brave. If I hear the word brave one more fucking time on an it's acceptance page. I know. It's my absolute favorite. Thank for you being for being so brave. brave. So brave. Fuck you. What I did know. you do? You put on a wig. Right. Shut up. And you acted like a gay person? Oh my God. It's ridiculous. Right. So brave. So brave. Um, I do. I. That's so true that they prey on the... That's how they get... And it's like what Trump does too. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I mean, I... Again, like I don't want to say they're praying because no, I don't think I there's know, malicious intent, but I think they're, they're taking advantage of. They're they're just putting right. these kids in a situation that is untenable, and I was in that situation and didn't know it until I left and realized. And they know so much personal shit about you exactly that you don't. It's like and it's irrelevant to the right. work. It's utterly irrelevant. Right. But but American kids in particular, I don't know how it is anywhere else, but American kids are taught to expose themselves. Uh, and and sort of illuminate everything about themselves and get everything out about right, themselves. Right, right, And I think the idea is, almost like with a soldier, right. we're going to strip you down psychologically right. and build you back up. Right. But there's no process for building you back right, up. Right. They know how to destroy you psychologically. Right. They don't know how to build you back so up. So how did you find out or figure out you were depressed? Uh, it was clear to me upon leaving 
and having this sort of emotional cloud start to lift right. that I had been in a really dark place and hadn't really known it. And what was your first job that you got after? Well, the reason I left college. Because you got a job. In a manner of speaking. Right. My friend and I got hired to be stunt turtles for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle coming out of our shell tour. So we would be promotional turtles. Oh, we would go. Great. We would travel ahead right. of the main company, right, and go to malls, malls, mm-hmm. Pizza Huts. Mm-hmm. They were a sponsor. Uh, TV stations, do the weather, right? Uh, radio stations in the morning would come in and in the wear, fucking turtle costume you on the radio. The t- uh. You wait on the radio. You wore the yes, turtle costume. That's right. That's right. To help the uh, the DJs, I guess, that with the is illusion. Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and then, how did they fly? Did they fly you? No, did you they bus? gave us a van. They oh gave my us God. Who was a the Chevy other person? Astro, my good friend Ben Grant. Oh wow. Uh, who has subsequently gone on right. to have a tremendous career yes. as, as a screenwriter, an actor, and creator of television shows. Um, <laughs> they gave us a van. They gave us a Chevy Astro right. and basically said, "Meet me in." Milwaukee in St. three Louis. days. That's yeah. a, that's a, uh, that's movie. a Mil, uh, beat me in St. Louis, Michael. Go ahead. I like when you when you say that you look to I my know, side. Michael, You're not there. looking at I me know. when you say it. You're looking off to the fictitious because Michael. Because I'm in another room. <laughs> oh, I see. Because she's trying to get you you're down. Yelling, to, yes. right, you're yelling. Michael, you're yelling from the St. den. Louis. Yes, right. yes. Michael, get out of your room. Meet me in St. Louis is on. <laughs> You know what my mother used to do that I that really used to make me laugh? She would look at a menu when we went out to a restaurant and she would she would point out the thing that she think she thought I would like right, right, and right. tell me, Michael, they have the chicken fingers. I don't know why both right, of us have right. my mother doing that kind of accent. Yeah. My mother did not do that at all. No, really. Michael, they have chicken fingers. <laughs> Michael, they shit. have chicken fingers. <laughs> you know, my mother used to like if I was really upset or we got in a fight or something, she'd do this thing where she'd stand. Stand at the bottom of the stairs and be. Do you want? Uh, do you want? Some, <laughs> want me to make you some? Uh, no. I, I'm like, no, I'm not hungry. <laughs> Judith, I have some blah blah cookies. I'm like, you no, know. That sounds very Jewish. Yeah. To me. Ring the yeah. bell. Ring the goddamn bell. Ding ding ding. Let me so, assuage you with food. So you're. You're you're feeling depression. Yeah. Uh, and acknowledging it, which is really good. And your mother, I mean, the fact that when your mother came out as lesbian. Her parents made her go through shock therapy. No, not exactly. Kind of. She didn't. You're, you're, you're. She hadn't come out. Right. The story goes. Okay. When my mother was a sophomore. See, this is why it's fake news. Right. Because but, but, they they take things. Don't they? Don't they? And it's like just they tell mu- the whole fucking they story. They muddle it the way right. my mother would muddle a story. Right. Right. She was a sophomore in college. She'd been babysitting Where? for this couple in Indiana University. That's Fantastic. Yes. I like Bloomington. Yeah. Bloomington's great. Have you ever performed at the comedy? I have. Isn't it the best? I like I like it a lot. I gotta call him. They have chicken fingers. Michael! <laughs> I ordered you the chicken fingers. <laughs> okay. Uh now it's a li- the, the story is a little fuzzy because right. she herself didn't quite remember it. Right. For reasons that we'll get into. Right. What I've been able to piece together is she spent a lot of time with this couple when she was in high school, uh, and she used to babysit their kids. When she was in college, they asked her to come back. They were going to go away for a long weekend. Would she babysit the kids? My mother, I think, was homesick. My mother was unsure of herself. Right. I think in the course of that weekend, or maybe subsequently, she'd been building up in her mind 
that she had fallen in love with the wife of this mm. couple. I think. Now, I'm right, piecing right, right, all right. this together. It's a really good screenplay. Go ahead. What I think happened is she spent this weekend the with the Go kids. And clearly, you, you play yeah, the wife. Yeah. Uh, they came back from their weekend jaunt. I think my mother, sort of in a very public way, confessed her love for this woman. They didn't know what to do. They called her parents, my mom's parents. Right. And my mom's parents took her to the hospital right. where she underwent shock therapy. Now, uh-huh. this is all me piecing things together right, because right. my mother says said that the shock therapy wiped her memory right? Uh, basically up until that point. And so for, for, for the rest of her life, like she wasn't sure kind of what was real in her memory right. or what was sort of implanted by other people telling right, her right. what had happened about things. So she doesn't remember that episode, especially, but it makes sense. It, right. all, the, all the pieces kind of come together in a way that makes sense. Wow, what a good idea to give her shock therapy. Yeah, that, because that, that, I think that's that works really well. Yeah. Uh, Usually shock therapy is like just short-term memory you lose, but I guess... And, and I did a little research. Right. Now, this is all, this is, uh, this is all from my book, Right. And I interviewed my mom for the book. Yes, I know. I love that. Go ahead. And subsequently did research about this. And apparently in some cases, you can lose more More. of your memory. Wow. And there was a a quote that I found that really stuck with me. A a nurse who herself had shock therapy. And she described it as, and I'm quoting, a rape of the soul. Wow. And I thought, oh, that's brutal. That's really brutal. Don't you want to kill her parents? Um... Or you understand their... I think from their point of view, in the early 1960s, their daughter comes home from college, has this episode, and this was the treatment. Right. Um, I think it was just a different time, time and and, and they didn't know how to deal with it. Right. Wow. But my mom was furious at her parents for for years right. as, as a result, you know, because of course she was. Of course, so she quit. She dropped out of college as well. She ended up leaving college, yeah. Right. And yeah. she became a store owner. She a merch yeah, in she was Old a Bridge. Merch, yes, <laughs> Old Bridge, New Jersey. Oh yeah, I know that area, uh, Michael. I know that uh, area. So okay, so you start your frog. Yeah, turtle. Turtle, whatever the fucking you know, an, an amphibian. amphibian. <laughs> and um, now let me ask you something. Yeah, go ahead. Am I being delightful enough? Because I oh my god, I fucking love you. I don't. I don't know. I you get on a comedy podcast, I, you know and they feel a pressure to be funny. But why I don't want to be a fu- comedy. I, you said it at the start of the thing. You said it's oh, a comedy cause podcast. I meant, cause, only because we were talking about our dead parents, right? Which is comedy tragedy. Comedy comes from tragedy plus time. She, she just died, Judy. Sorry. She just. I'm sorry died sorry i my i have a yard site candle burning in my house because my father died uh it was his yard site yesterday last night i don't know what a yard site is you can it's unring the, the bell anver- you can yard unring yard the bell si- it's the anniversary of the death and you light a memorial candle that lasts i thought for that had, i hours. thought that had a different name kaddish is yeah. when you that's the prayer i thought but the oh, date is your site so my father died 27 years ago oh. when i was 27 so now i begin the period of time where I've had my father, oh, the less than my, right. yeah, half of, all right. Anyway, whatever. My aunt Roz, great aunt, uh, grand cousin Ron, had a, uh, a York site, the cutest little dog. Oh, and just, they are oh, so cute. Adorable, adorable. 
They, are, you know, and they're very friendly, the Yortzites. And they love to sleep. They, That's oh, what I love. They're very quiet. Yeah, slept forever, yeah, it seemed yeah. like. Forever. You don't have to walk the Yortzite dog either. No, no. And they don't pee or shit. That's no. what I love about them. No. It's almost like they're not there. This has been one of my favorite episodes Aww. of Kill Me Now. Um, thank you so much, my Michael pleasure. Ian Black. And as we always say, so long! Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.